0: Austin has helped us do a lot of things in our church behind the scenes, and I'm so thankful for his investment. And so our goal is to kind of raise some sons and daughters like that who love the Lord, and it will do anything. It's so funny because I see him on the drums, and some weeks I walk in, he's on a computer, and some today he was on a camera. I don't know how he was playing drums and on a camera, but nonetheless, he was on both. (laughs) And I'm just so thankful. Um, We're trying to raise sons and daughters like that who love the Lord. So thank you for sharing your son as a gift to the church. And a lot of yeah, we can clap for that. Thank you, whoever... My mom's here, obviously. So my mom started that clap. My mom's like, "Yeah, I'm proud of my boy," you know. Um, and um, we want to partner with you guys in raising sons and daughters, also. And um, and so we're gonna we're gonna change the world. And uh, we believe the next gen at at a high level. Um, I'm gonna show you a video later in the service of our bed build yesterday. Um, you guys, your generosity, uh, your time, your talent, your treasures. We built 40 beds with. Um, with sleep in heavenly peace and uh, my friend bill is here today and bill leads that organization I'm so thankful uh, for him and his tireless work and uh, his volunteers they they did an incredible job you know it's it's one thing to be a volunteer and to lead volunteers it's just a different you know it's easy it's easier sometimes just do things by yourself but when you have to organize 50 plus volunteers that show up and you have to have volunteers lead those volunteers it takes a lot of leadership and so thank you for allowing us to partner with you and um and uh, we're going to give you a copy of this video that you can use um, that we did uh, yesterday that Gabe put together. And so, um, you guys have killed it this month. You guys have killed it in this Good Work series. The first week, you guys have brought in um, you brought in diapers and wipes. And we dropped off at two locations because you guys brought so many diapers and wipes. So thank you for that. Uh, week two, you guys brought in socks and underwear for Matthew's Hope. We dropped those off in big containers. and loaded up the pickup truck, and we drove it on over there and dropped it off for the people over there at Matthew's Hope. And so that was a lot. So thank you for that. And then today was school supplies for Maxi Elementary. And I saw there's was a, quite a bit there. And um, you guys have given this month. And um, the generosity are, are normally what we bring in. You guys have exceeded what we normally bring in on a month. So thank you for your generosity. And uh, we have more people shadowing this month. than we've had new, new people shadow this month that haven't shadowed in the first two. And um, more people serving so many things going um in a just in a growth trajectory and it's because of your generosity we truly believe that generosity it does change the world so thank you thank you thank you thank you for your generosity i'm going to preach to you guys this last week of this good work series is the very very last week so you picked a good week to be here we've been trying to memorize a verse in scripture in philippians chapter 1 verse 6 the bible says that paul said i am certain what a powerful word. I am certain, in a day and age where there's not a whole lot of certainty going on, Paul says this, I am certain that God who began the good work within West Beecham and within the Chong's and within the Walcott's and within the Jannies and with whoever it is your last name is in here today, I am certain that the work that God started in you, Louis, that God's going to finish that work One day when we get to heaven, like he's gonna stay with you. What he starts in us, he finishes us. We live in a day in society where a lot of people start things, they never ever finish it. But we have a God who finishes what he started. I'm so, so, so thankful for that. So what God has started in you, he will finish in you. What you need to know is is that you need to know that God specializes in using ordinary people. I said it three times in the first service. I'm gonna say it three times again in the second service. You need to know that God specializes in using ordinary people, number two. Number three, you need to realize that God specializes in using ordinary people three times because I want to make sure it sticks in your head. Also, Jesus rose again three days later. There's something about the number three, but you need to know that God uses ordinary people. That's all throughout the Bible. Ordinary people, ordinary people, ordinary people. Here's week two. We wanted you to learn this, that you don't have to be successful, but you can be significant. You don't have to be successful, but you can be significant. So much in our society, people are like, I want to be successful. I want to be successful. I want to be successful. And I want to encourage you to be significant. Because significance is success in God's eyes. Let's be significant. Let's make an impact on one person. Let's make an impact on two people. Let's make an impact on 100 people. I love what Mother Teresa says. She said, if you can't feed them all, feed one. Like, just do your part. Like, let's just everybody do their part. And so we want you to know that you don't have to be successful. Or you don't have to be successful, but you can be significant. Everyone in this room here... Today can be significant. And then last week we learned this. When you do the good work, you will face criticism. When you do the good work, you will face, you will face criticism. If you do something good, you will face criticism. Here's what I've also learned. This is, this is extra. It wasn't in the notes last week. This is for you guys are here today. If you do good, people will talk about you. If you do bad, people will talk about you. Choose why they talk about you. My dad used to say to me all the time. People talked about Jesus. Who the heck do you think that you are? He had explicit in there, but you guys get the point. He's like, they talked about Jesus. Who the heck do you think that you are? And I thought, man, that makes sense. And the more I'm, the older I get, I realize, man, if you do good, people talk about you. If you do bad, people talk about you. So you get to choose your good. You will face criticism. You will face criticism if you do, if you do the good work. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. This is week four, okay? Here's the good news. After, I'm sorry, on, on October the 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after they had begun. Now yesterday when we did the bed build, I, when, I, when, when they pull up with that lumber, you feel like you're going to be there for 52 days. <clears throat> all, my, all my guys, like I'm bringing my tools, I'm bringing my tools, I'm bringing my tools. All my guys, they were so impressed, uh, Bill. Like, this guy really does have everything. Like, he has all of the things prepared and, and, and ready to go. And um, I didn't give out an, an, an MVP um, for, the, uh, for, the, for the bed build day. But there were a lot of, there were a lot of, a lot of MVPs. You guys killed it. You guys did a, a good, 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 good job. You did the good work yesterday. It took a lot of hands, a lot of effort, and a lot of energy. And you guys killed it. And 52 days later, Nehemiah saw this wall that was in bad shape. His friend said it was in a bad shape. And when he got to town, he asked the king to go. He gets there, and 52 days later, the wall was built. Now, if you're like, man, I am so lost. I wasn't there for the first three weeks. Go back and listen to the podcast. But 52 52 days later, they built built this wall. I want to give you the last week of the series today. Um, It's in Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 28. The Bible says this, then the rest of the people. So after the wall is built... People start going back to their towns. Not only are people are leaving, but people are coming back now. Because people want to go where it's safe at. So people are going, doing their thing, going, doing the things. And now they're back in the city. They're like, cool, this is cool. Like, they, they got things fixed, I'm back. You know? I was talking to some friends. You know one of the, one of the weirdest things I think about when you... How many of you got? Well, I'm not going to ask you. But one of the weirdest things I think about having a cleaner come to your house is, you have to clean your house before the cleaner gets there. So everyone who's laughing, you have a cleaner. That's annoying. I'm like, why are we, why do we have to clean? Before, we hate cleaning day at our house. Why do we have to clean before, before we clean? And in our house during group season, the cleaner comes eventually. And then Tuesday, there's a group. Tuesday night, there's a group. Wednesday night, there's a group. Like, it's just all the groups. And Dinah runs around the house and she's trying to fix things. And, and I said to her, Hun, I said, Hun, I, I need to help you out. I'm, gonna help, I'm about to help a bunch of moms out right now. This is for you. I'm going to enter. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Happened to my, my inner mom for some of you moms in here today. I was listening to this podcast recently. This is good, Mrs. Giddens. I don't care what you say. This is good. Here's what, I, this, is what this lady said. She said, I have found moms, we spend most of our life running around, running around trying to keep the whole entire house clean. And here's the profound part. She said, for me, I realize it's impossible to keep all the rooms clean. She goes, so what I decided is there's only two rooms that I want to be clean our whole entire house. I was like, I am into this. Like This is going to help some moms. She said, I, she goes, for me, I need the kitchen clean and I need my bedroom clean. I've, I've always wondered, moms, honestly, this is isn't this is the podcast. That was the podcast. This is West Beecham. I've always wondered why in the world we've tried to keep the playroom clean. The kids aren't trying to keep it clean. Why are we, why are we making them pick those toys up? I don't know, moms, but the kids are in here, but you gotta figure that out before your kids get home. You know, like, they're gonna, if your kid's in here, that's not my problem, but the point is, is like, I don't know why we spend so much time trying to clean the room. Like, they're gonna mess it up again. It's like Groundhog Day. Like, moms, quit, like, my wife's like, Can you clean this up? She went to Africa two years ago. And I was like, I'm going to fix this problem while she's gone. Because that's how manly I am. She left. I was going to fix the problem. You moms, dads in your day, I got two garbage bags and just put it all in the bags. Just loaded those jokers up. This is good. This is good Daddy, right here. I load the bags up, take the bags, and I put them in the garage. She gets back July X, whenever the camp's back. August rolls around, nothing. She didn't talk about it. I'm like, cool. I'm going to leave it out there. I'm going to kind of put it off in, this, in the side part where she's never going to notice it. And if she notices it, I'm like, babe, I was put it out there. for. I helped you. Like, October rolls around, November. I, she's in the garage. And she yells, "What?" I'm like, oh, she found the stuff. <laughs> I know what that means. Like, it's going down. And she's like, why did you do that? I said, babe, I did that in July. And she's like, she could She wanted to be mad at me, but she couldn't figure out how to articulate how to be mad at me. I was like, you can be mad, but you're welcome. I've helped you, the room that I think we should have to clean up, I've helped you clean up for the last four months without you even telling me to do it. Like, I should get a reward for that, you know. And so, that's how screwed up I am. Anyways, that was a side note. That's just, that's helpful. I don't care who you are, that's helpful. So, 52 days thing, they get this whole thing built. Now, mind you guys, two miles, over two and a half miles of wall they built in 52 days. Some parts of this wall over 30 feet high. Some parts of this wall over 8 feet wide. 52 days. And we pick up the story, Nehemiah chapter 10. People are going, people are coming back. The Bible says the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land in order to obey the law of God, together with their wives, their sons, their daughters, and all who, and all who were old enough to understand The Bible says in verse 29, they joined together, they joined their leaders, and they bound themselves with an oath. They swore a curse on themselves. Isn't that, that's hardcore. Like, I wish our, I wish my kids did that to themselves. Like, hey mom and dad, I was bad, I'm going to go punish myself. That's, I wish, that would be like great, like, if that would be like a parenting thing I could fix, that would be really cool. Like, like, hey, Pastor Wes, I've been sinning all week long, I'm going to get my life right. Like, Like, I don't need you to tell me. You don't got to scream at me today, Pastor Wes. Like, you don't got to tell me how to live my life with the Bible. I'm just going to coach myself. Well, these guys, they get to this place where, like, this thing was such a bad shape. They're like, we're going to fix this. They said, we swear, we swore a curse on ourselves if we failed to obey the law of God and issued by his servant Moses. They solemnly promised to carefully follow all the commands, the regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. Let me translate that for you. Here's what they say. We got ourselves into this mess, and we're not going back again. Like we've, we've, wandered so, we, we've wandered so far from God, no wonder why our town's in shambles. Let me step into it a little bit. No wonder why our homes are in shambles. No wonder why our country's in shambles. No wonder why there's dysfunction everywhere we go. There's no wonder there's dysfunction in our schools. There's dysfunction in society. No wonder why all the numbers that are not good numbers in our society, they're on the, they're on the incline. And all the numbers that we need to go up, they're going down like family and like hell. Like, no wonder why. We've got ourselves in this mess and now we're going to make sure we never go back there again. Have you ever done something so bad, they're like, I don't ever want to do that ever again. That's where they're at. Have you ever, like, maybe last year, have you ever gained, like, 19 pounds and thought to myself, this is miserable? I, it's, have you ever noticed it takes a lot longer to get rid of it than it takes to actually get it? Like, have you ever noticed that before? <laughs> they're like, dude, we don't want it. this was miserable. Like, what we did to ourselves these last few years, we don't want that again. We want our lives to be right. <clears throat> Listen to their promises. We promised This is this is for some girl in here today who's thinking they could do whatever they want to do. Here's what it says, verse 30. We promise not to let our daughters marry the pagan people of the land, and to not let our sons marry their daughters. Like we're not letting our daughter or sons marry someone who doesn't love the Lord. No ratchet girlfriends in this house. That's what they said. Don't point your finger. Just, hey, no judge. I ain't judging you. Don't judge me. That's what this says. I. Had, you weren't. You didn't laugh when I read it to you, but now you understand what I'm saying. They're, at this house, you're going to love the Lord. The girls that come to our house, the, the young adults, I tell them, like, if they don't love Jesus, I'm going to let you know they don't love Jesus. And then you can do whatever you want to do with that, but I'm going to let you know. And so the Bible says, like, hey, we're not going to let our daughters marry the wrong guys. We're not letting our daughters or let our sons marry the wrong, the wrong girls. Verse 31, we, all, we also promise this, that the people of the land should bring merchandise or grain to be sold on Sabbath or any other holy day. We will refuse to buy it. Every seventh year we will, we will let our land rest. And we will cancel all debts owed to us. He's like, we're not holding grudges. Life's too short not to forgive somebody, somebody. That's for somebody in here. Somebody here today who's struggling with forgiving somebody, you can let them go so you can live. They're, they're still living. Diane's dad says this, uh, forgive, or, um, holding a grudge is like, is like me drinking the poison and wishing the other person would die. It ain't going to happen. Life is too short to hold a grudge or be mad or frustrated at somebody permanently when it could have only been temporary he says we're gonna let that kind of stuff go we're not holding people to that verse 32 in addition it gets harder we promise to obey the command to pay the annual temple tax of one-eighth of an ounce of silver for the care of the temple of our God he says we're gonna take care of the temple we're gonna bring our we're gonna take care of this church this church is taking care of us we're going to take care of this church. This will provide for the bread of the presence, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbath, the new moon celebrations, the annual festivals, for the holy offerings, and for the sin offerings, and for the sin offerings to make the atonement for Israel. Like, we're going to bring the offering here, so this offering will take care of this house. And when you bring offering to this house, not only does it take care of this house, but it takes care of this community and it takes care of the nation and the world. We get thank you letters almost every week from missionaries that you guys give here and we send there and they say, thank you so much, thank you so much, thank you so much. It happened this week. He says here, we're gonna take care of this church. It will provide for everything necessary for the work, the temple of God. When you give at Hope Church, we take care of this church and we take care of this community. He says, we're gonna make sure we do that. We are not going back the way we used to. We're gonna have margin in our lives. We're gonna have margin in our lives. We gotta have margin. We're gonna give... We're going to live, we're going to save. However it is you, sh- you shape that. Like, we're going to do all three of those. We're not just going to live extravagantly and have nothing left to give. No savings. Like, we're going to do all three of those things. Like the prophet Dave Ramsey says, we're going to do all of them. Live, give, and save. We, church, we can do that. We can live, give, and save. We, can, we all can do that. Everyone can chip in. He goes, and when we do that, we can take care. We can take care of this house. We promise, verse 35, we promise we promised to bring the first part of every harvest to the Lord's temple year after year. Look, they're making, they're making generational promises. Church, Diane and I, we've made a generational promise to this church. We've made a generational promise to the Lord. Last year when we raised our end of the year giving, we made, a, we made a commitment to bring in someone and a family to lead our next gen. Because we needed more help doing that. We've made an investment in the next gen because we believe in them. We're making generational, we're making generational commitments here. We agree to give God our oldest sons and the firstborns of all of our herds and flocks, as prescribed in law. They tithe off everything, including their children. We will present them to the priest who ministered in the temple of our God. We're going to give them back to the church. Last week we dedicated five children. God gave those kids. God gave those. God gave those children to those parents, and those parents were giving those kids back to God. Verse thirty-six. We agree to give God our oldest sons. Verse thirty-seven hey moms and dads let me just stop for a moment we need to make sure we're very careful on what that broke whatever that was that broke I'm sure of it you guys I think that like yeah that, that was a thing <laughs> whatever we do he says we're going to give it back to God Like we're going to we're going to make sure we're giving what belongs back to God moms and dads be careful what you're teaching your children it communicates everything we do It communicates that a mom said to me today. This is her her prayer request. She said, can you pray for me? I said, yeah. She goes, just pray that my kids come to church on Easter. That's all she wants for, that's all she wanted to pray for. I said, I can do that. We will store the produce. He says, we will store the produce in the storerooms of the temple of our God. We will bring the best of our flour and other grain offerings, the best of our fruit, and the best of our new wine and olive oil. And we promise to bring the Levites a tenth of everything our land produces. For it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all of our rural towns. Verse 38. A priest, a descendant of Aaron, will be with the Levites as they receive these tithes. And a tenth of all that is collected as tithes will be delivered by the Levites to the temple of our God and placed in the storerooms. Like, we're going to make sure that we never put ourselves in this situation again. Now, you might be asking yourself the question that I'm asking myself. Why in the world are they putting all this money aside? The reason why they're putting all this money aside because like, they want to be prepared for the future. They want to have they margin. Ha- they had to have margin. Like we got to be careful. When we do the bed, when we do the bed build, that costs us. We want to be ready to go with that. If someone has a need in this church, we want to be ready to, to go with that. We're, we want to package over 10,000 meals, I think, in April or May. There's a date. It'll be published soon. Like We want to have the resources to be able to do that. We want to make sure that we have the resources to do the things that we need to do. We want to be able to help in Kenya. They're having a tough time. We want to be able to help in Kenya. But we also want to be able to help right here in, in our community. We want to put kids in bed so they don't have to sleep on floors in our community. He said, verse 39, the people and the Levites must bring these offerings of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms and place them in the sacred containers near the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the singers. I love this last part. We promise together not to neglect the people of our God. Church, they're serious. Like, they're like so serious, it's impacting their wallets. That's next level serious. Like, we are... Like, we're bringing a, like, we're going to dedicate our children to the Lord. We're going to dedicate our finances to the Lord. We're going to dedicate our minds to the Lord. We're going to dedicate our, like, they're dedicating everything. Like, in case, like, we're going to dedicate the rocks outside. Like, we're gonna just going to dedicate everything to make sure that God knows, like, we don't ever want to be where we were ever again. I don't know if you've ever been at a place where you were so far from God, but you hated it, and you made a commitment not to ever be back there again. I've been there before. Where you're like, I'm just going to do this on my own. God, I don't need your help. I'm good to go. I appreciate what you've done so far, God, but I'm going to take the rest of the way here. We'll just watch you work, Jesus. And He says here in this story, like, "Hey, we're not ever going to be there again. My marriage is not going to be like that ever again. My kids are going to be like that ever again. Nothing that I've got is ever going to be as bad as it once was." He believed in the best is yet to come. Like, we're going to change the trajectory. We're going to change the generation after the generation after the generation. I want to set an example for my son to go out and repeat it for his generation. I want to set an example for you guys, for this church, so that you can go out there. My buddy called me today, he goes, I am so sick of pastors doing bad things. I said, I'm with you. He said, let's make a commitment to not be one of those guys. I said, let's do it. He said, what do you think is going to change? I said, every day I wake up, I think about the 300 people that call Hope Church their home. Every day I wake up and think about that. Because I don't want my faith to be a discouragement of somebody else's faith. But I definitely want my faith, my, my faith to encourage somebody else's faith. I want to live the right kind of life. so People say, you know, he's... He's real. He's he's authentic with it. So there's, this wall gets built in 52 days. And I can only assume that the, and I want to give you three types of people that I see build th- this wall. Like, and, and I, you, you can find more. You can find a bunch of other things. That's fine. But I don't think in the history of the church I've used a whiteboard or a marker so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. You know, I love this church, by the way. When I went up here to do this, one of the guys said to me, because he knows me so well, he says, do you have a marker? That's how well he knows me. Like, that's a good... If you know me, that's a great question. I thought, he gets me. You know, tears, just tear, like happy tears, just rolling down my face. <laughs> There's three types of people that I see in this story. Here's the first one. The first one I see here in this passage of scripture is healthy people. Out of the bat. And I want to encourage you, you got a H-E-A-L-T-H-Y mind the wrong one. I want, I, there's, we've got to be healthy. That's where we got to be at. Just, what, I can't see what you can see. Just stay with me on this one, okay? Uh, we've got to be healthy. God wants that for us. He wants you where your mind is at. I don't know where your mind is at, but He wants to make sure you're in the right places. Whether it's physically or spiritually, or mentally. you've got to make sure that you're, that you're healthy. God wants that for you. He wants your mind right. He wants your body right. He wants that for every single one of us here today. And fun, sometimes I find myself working on my body too much, and God's like, hey, I need you to work on your mind. So I need you to work on your mind. And, and sometimes we neglect our mind, and God wants us to work on our spirit. I don't know where you're at in the seas of life, but you've got to work all three of these areas of your life your spiritual, your mental, your physical. Like you've got to be working all those areas. God wants you to be healthy. He really does want that for you. He wants your life to be the kind of life where you're like, man, that person, they're healthy. He or she, she's healthy. I was telling a friend of mine, they're like, how much do you work out? And I was like, I try to work out five days a week. That way if I miss a day, I can miss it at like three or four. Like if I set the bar, I want to set the bar high and miss a low, then I don't want to set the bar low and really miss it bad. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to set it high so I don't miss it bar. I want to make sure I get, five, I like, I need that for me. Because here's what I know. My physical is attached to my mental. And when I, right now I feel like I'm, I'm laser focused. I've been telling you guys more and more and more, God's been waking me up really, 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 really early. And the point is I feel like he wakes me up just to make sure that my mind is right. He's working on my mind early. Because here's what I realized about me. Once I wake up, I woke up this morning to 19 text messages. It's just reality. Once I wake up, I begin to go. I fully felt convicted that God was saying, hey, you don't talk to me that much throughout the day. (laughs) I feel like God was saying this. You don't talk to me much throughout the day, so I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. before anybody anybody else can message you. And by the way, church, we signed up to help this whole city you fit in in the city don't I ever feel like you can't call us or text us I had lunch with a young man this week and said man you're so busy pastor I said I'm never too busy for people and I just feel like man we get going so fast that God's like hey Wes I need you to be I need you to be healthy like I need you more than anything to just make sure that you that your health your health is right I'm gonna try this one more time and here's the second one I think he wants us to be helpful I think he wants us to be helpful people. I think that's what he wants for you. And I think he wants that. He wants that for me. I think he wants us to be a hands-on church. A hands-in generation. Where we've worked on ourselves, like we're healthy, but then we take that health and we begin to help other people. God wants you helping other people. He's blessed you so you can help other people. He's given you the resources you have so you can help other people. He's given you a sharp mind so you can help other people. Or he's given you, by the way, some of you guys, are, you, you have a thing that you don't like about yourself. We had a lady in the first service saying, she goes, oh, I don't, I don't think people that have my struggle get to come to church. I'm like, you get, whatever struggle you have, you get to be in church. And here's the beautiful part about that, is that your weakness probably, I think sometimes, some of your we, sometimes your weakness can be your greatest strength. I think your weakness can become your greatest strength. You become your greatest strength. I know for me, for a lot of my life, I was like, man, I, I, it was I was so confused being half white, half black. I lived most of my life like that. And I realized the older I get, I'm like, man, God made me on purpose for a purpose. And I find a way I can, I can talk to a room. I can talk to a room that looks different than me, that, that talks different than me. That I, I, I can go in almost any room and it almost fit in anywhere. That's how messed up I am. I can just fit in anywhere, you know. Like, like if you feel like, man, I just, I'm just really struggling with this one thing in my life. Like, that, maybe God wants to use that one thing that you struggle with. Have you ever thought about that before? Like, the guy, that's on the, the guy that's on the basketball team, he's shorter. He's the point guard. Like, he can't, if he lives his whole life saying, man, I wish I was the center, like, then he couldn't be a good point guard because his whole life he was wishing he was somebody else. Like, why don't you just embrace the thing that you don't have well? Hey, if you're in here your today, we, we talked to our singles this week at our, in our group. Like, if you're single, then crush the single game. Crush it. Like, if you're married, then do good with that. Whatever it is that you are, it's a gift use that. I want to show you a video of what helpful, what helpful looks like. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's thank the Lord. I don't know how much or how often you think about, this is going to sound really mean at first. Don't take this away. I don't know how much you think about other people and what they don't have uh, that you have, but I just can't imagine my, my kids sleeping on a floor. I just can't even, I, I don't even know what that's, I can't even imagine that, you know. Um, I was talking about the, the life I grew up with. I was telling some of these guys, you know, the house I grew up, like, man, I just, I, we, we have beds to sleep in, you know, and it, those are things that we, I think we take for granted. All you students in here today that have a bed, um, I, we're, we're going to take you guys on, all, all these entitled kids, we're, we're going to eventually get you in on a missions trip, <laughs> so you can see how good you have it. That's what I'm trying to say. Whether it's locally or for, but people in this city with the zip code sleep on the floor. And Bill, who has a job, this is not his job to do this. He has his job. He has... I think seven kids, ten kids. I don't know why Bill did that, but Bill did that. <laughs> ten kids. He obviously has a good job. He's a realtor. But the point is this, no I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> um I just believe that if we're all helping, we could do a lot of incredible things if we're all helping. We can do so much more. Someone said, man, this is, how, man, this is cool. How did, did, we just show up? I'm like, no, we, we paid, I was like, your tithes paid for all that wood over there. <laughs> and you, and you helped put it together. And when you give it this church, your, your generosity makes a difference. Whether it's your time, your talent, Treasure, mom, dad, if you want to teach your kids something, teach them how to give and teach them how to serve. I love sports. I've played them my whole entire life. But I think we're losing a battle. And the bad news is, is that we'll be there down the road, but this is now. Like, this is now. I come to youth group because I want to pour into these kids. If you want to get your kids to something, get them to church. It, we don't think, I think about this a lot now. I, my wife told me today, you have four more years with your daughter. and Four more summers. I'm thinking differently now. You know what I wish I thought? I wish I would have thought different four years prior to. Because I only got four. I'm thinking differently now. I want my kids to love the Lord. If they like a sport, awesome. Great. I, that's Great or if they like school, that's awesome. But I will, hopefully they get one thing. Like, it's for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. We don't, it's, it goes so fast. And here's what I think sometimes. Sometimes, it, they call it the formative years for a reason. This mom takes her kids to skate parks. I don't recommend any mom take a kid to a skate park, but she does, she's going there. She gets on the bike with them. They're gonna remember that the rest of their life. This mom and dad, they drive their kids far away to this church on Sunday morning. And then they'll bring their kids back to youth group. This church is awesome. But 35 minutes? I don't really know. It's longer, isn't it? It's almost an hour. Keep coming, but I don't recommend it for anybody else, but I'm glad you guys do it. I've gone off my deep end on this deal. Helpful. I'm so thankful for helpful people that make this church work. A lot of you guys are helpful. This young man up here, um, he came to me about a, a month ago. and was like, hey, this church is interviewing me, two months ago interviewing me. And I was like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't leave. And it didn't work out. So I was like, oh, praise God. You know, I prayed with him, but I actually prayed against him at the same exact time. I think you can do that. And then another church came along and they said, hey, this church is praying. This church is offering this position. And so um, this young man has been driven, driving from Lakeland almost every Sunday morning for the last four years. And he's, yeah, you can put your hands together. And and he's gonna, he is leaving, uh Easter's his last Sunday, and he's moving to a church down in, in Miami. They offered him a full-time job. And um, I'm like, I'm so excited for him. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> and I love it and I hate it because like I'm trying to raise these sons like I talked about and hopefully they stay, but these jokers, they go places, you know? And I'm and, um, thankful for the, the sons and, and daughters that we have at this church. Um, Chelsea's parents were here today, and, and they live in New Jersey or New York somewhere, and I'm like, man, we, just, we need these kids to stay. We love them, but God's bringing new people on this team, and I'm so thankful for what God's in our church, but we need helpful people, but I think we also, we need healthy, we need helpful, and the last one is holy. We really need some holy, they, they, they had holy people in on the deal. Like, different. Like, holy people, like, the Bible says, be holy because I am holy. Like, holy is like it's such a small word, but it has so much weight to it. So much weight to it. Yesterday, um, Derek, who's sitting up here with me, his daughter, um, his his sister-in-law brought their little daughter to the serve day yesterday, and my daughter, my son, and 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 their daughter were picking up rocks. And I'm like, I was I was triggered already. Because I'm like, I know those, those rocks are going in my car. I just know that's where they're going. And she's like, if these get almost like if these get left here, it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a bad deal for me. So I'm gonna go and respect my daughter, my, respect my niece, and I'm gonna make sure I load these rocks up. You know, the rocks had a seatbelt on before the kid had a seatbelt on. You know, and that's how these kids rolled in 2021. They're they built. These kids are built different. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about those rocks. I I my those rocks made it to my car too. I was so mad because I got a car wash on Friday. I was so mad I had to get a car wash on Friday and Saturday this week now because of those rocks. They were everywhere. I had to get those rocks out of there. And I was thinking about this idea of holiness. The idea of holiness is actually just moving the rocks out of our life so that we can make the most sense and see God the clearest. And so we're going to take communion together this morning. And communion is really just moving the rocks out of the way so that we can... We can see what really matters. The rocks don't really matter to, to Alma and I. What matters to us is the one who loves the rocks. And so we've got our eyes focused on Jesus. If we got our eyes focused on Jesus, then first us be holy, we've got to begin to move the rocks. Church, everyone in here has a rock they got to move today. I don't know what your thing is. I know for me, I, I, told the, the group this morning, like, I've been waking up at 5 a.m. a lot more than I'd like to, and God's been using that time for me to move rocks. Also, it allowed me to respond back to my neighbor, My neighbor texted me at 5 a.m. this morning to let me know she's having a party at 6 p.m. to make sure the cars, Chelsea, that was for you, really. She was making sure our cars weren't parked on their side of the road because Chelsea Chelsea parks on their grass. I respect them more than that. You're on their grass. I don't park on their grass. I feel so much better now. I haven't had the guts to tell her, so I just told her in front of all of you guys, but no, (laughs) I'm kidding. Love her. Um, she's like yeah I was like yeah Marla whatever you want we'll move those cars in 12 hours from now no problem we're going to church you should go with us you know I don't want you to stay at 5am you know like why are you up at 5am you know like are you cooking this early like it's we need to move the rocks this morning so that we can see God clearly and so uh, if you don't have communion raise your hand and we're going to bring it to you if anybody not have communion you need it we're going to get it to you he got one here. My dad needs one. Dad, when you get here 30 minutes late, it's just, they, there's no one serving still there. They're not. I'm just making a point. You get here, there's no one to serve back there. Where is the serving at? My dad gave me permission year one. He's like, you can say whatever you want about me. I'm like, hey, I'm taking advantage of it now, you know. It's, I'm confused, Jamal, because like when I was five or ten, he's like, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out of it. So I have them a little bit like that but i'm also like you can say whatever you want i'm like here i am and i'm saying it mr giddens <laughs> you give me permission give me an inch i will take a mile we're gonna move some rocks right now in our lives so that we can have this communion with god so hey what about you to bow your head and close your eyes would you take a moment would you move some rocks in your life what are the things right now in your life that you may not they're keeping me from being holy they're keeping me from being set apart what are the things in my life that are keeping me so close to god that I'm just, they're there and like they're just getting in my way. I got to move them. Maybe for you, like I ain't got no rocks. I got boulders. Like let's move those things this morning so that we can be healthy, so that we can be helpful, and so that we can be holy. And the greatest of those is holiness. God wants us to be holy, so close to him. But if we have things in our life that are stopping us, we'll never be able to get that. So let's take this moment. Let's, let's ask God to remove the things in our life that don't need to be there. Hey, God, we love you this morning. We're so thankful for what you do in our lives. Lord, we want to be healthy with our thoughts, our mind, our actions. Renew our minds this morning, God. God, we want to be a helpful people. You've called us to do the good work. You've prepared a good work for us to go out and do. And God, we want to be holy. We want to be separate. We want to be set apart, different. Like, just focused on you, God. So would you allow us to move the rocks this morning in our life that are that are holding us back, that are in our way of being so close to you, God. Like, there's just, it's always usually one or two rocks. ain't like there's a bunch, we just need to move a few, God. Would you help us to move the few out of the way so that we could be so close to you, so close to you this morning? I want to invite you to look this way. Oh, we're going to take communion together today. We're going to take the bread first, and then we're going to take the cup together. And right before Jesus goes to the cross, which he goes to the cross on Friday, and it's called Good Friday, and then three days later he, he raises again. And so thankful for that. But this week leading up to that is called Holy Week. And this week before that happens, Jesus meets with the disciples and they have this meal together. This bread and this in this body. They have it together. And Jesus tells the guys, Hey guys, I want you guys to do this because I want you guys to remember me. And it, it's it's a it's a it's a symbol. He says, You're gonna you're gonna see my body broken in, in, in just four or five days from now. You're going to see my, my body. It's going to be poured out in just four or five days from now. I rem, I'm reminded now into do the communion about four or five years ago, God put this thought in my head that every time I think about communion, I realize the fact that Jesus' body would have been bloodstained because he had, bl- he had bled so much. It was literally bloodstained. He was beat up. He was broken, crown of thorns. He had a nail in one hand, a nail in the other hand. He had his nails, uh, nails in his feet. And he's telling the guys, hey, guys, this is coming. And so that's why we take communion, because communion is a space for us to, to make space to be so close to God, like, to be right there with Him, for us to be just intimate with Him. And so we're gonna take this together this morning so we can have this moment to be right there with Him. So if you're here, T, like, you know, I don't, I've never asked Jesus to save me. Like, I don't know why, like you, you, you need that before you have communion with something that you're not in a relationship with. And so if you're here, T, like, Listen, I, I, need, I need to be saved, I, I don't even know I'm just here for the first time I've been coming for a while I'm, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ like, you need that before communion because if not it's just it's just, bread and, it's just bread and wine but if you have a relationship with God then it can become communion where you're, where you're having communion with God so if you're here to you, like you know I've never trusted Christ as my Savior right where you're at your heads are bowed your eyes closed. just say Jesus I, I need to be saved I need you to forgive me of all my sins I'm thankful that you died on the cross and you rose again for me I needed that. I want to have communion with you, God. I want to be close to you. Save me from all my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the very first time today, we celebrate that with you. Would you let one of us know and, and dream to and say, hey, I gave my life to Christ today. There's a connection card when you walk out Say You can write, hey, I committed my life to Christ. We'd love to, be able to celebrate that with you and give you a Bible and help you begin to grow and your walk with Jesus. Would you roll back that top piece? We're going to take the bread together this morning. And when you roll it back, and just grab that bread in your hand, this bread symbolizes the body of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken for us. Because of that, we get to have life. We're so thankful today for this body that you've given us. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's eat the bread together. And then after they ate the, the body, Jesus gave them the cup. And he says to them, hey, here's this, here's my body, and I want you to drink it, and I want you to remember me. God wants you to remember him, church, not on Sunday mornings, but Monday through Friday, 24-7, 365, God wants to be on your thoughts. Let's take the cup together. I want to invite you to stand on your feet. Jesus, thank you so much for your body and for your blood that was poured out for us. Thank you for changing everything, God. When you came and died, you changed everything. You gave us a future, God. What you did for us was final. It was forever. It was free for us. And we're so, so, so thankful for that together today.